Wake up, West Georgia. It's time for the podcast powered by Coffee and Mountain Dew. The Morning Five with Bryce Sparling and Billy Lindahl. Good morning, West Georgia. Welcome into the Morning Five podcast. Today is June 6th. It is a Monday, but we're here to make it better. Today's podcast is presented by the Parian Lawyers. Nobody wakes up thinking, man, I hope I hire a lawyer today, but hey, life happens. Don't call one of those big law firms with overused slogans and thousands of billboards. We have a top-notch law firm right here in West Georgia. The Parian Lawyers, with offices in Carrollton and Bremen, personal injury, workman's comp, and everything in between. Find them at callcadenow.com, that's C-A-L-L-C-A-D-E-N-O-W.com, local lawyers, catchy slogans a few billboards big results billy today is national applesauce cake day hard pass what in the hell is applesauce have you ever heard of that applesauce cake i haven't either no i've never heard i've this is when i looked at the sheet i said he he just means applesauce day right (laughs) like why not did you write cake, cake there? That's so weird. <laughs> that's, that's weird. <laughs> no, I've never heard of that. And that sounds I've never heard God of awful. applesauce cake. Yeah, it does. I love applesauce, man. And I love apples. But I don't know if I'm I'm looking at a picture of an applesauce cake right here, and it just does not look appetizing. It, it's like a, it's like baked into squares with like a little frosting on top and it looks very moist. But it does not look like something. <laughs> it does not look like something I would enjoy, which is which is odd because I, I like moist cake most of the time. Uh, but there's a uh, little bit of a shot at one of our listeners. I would I would never do such a thing. I would never do such a thing. This does not look like something I would enjoy. But I I do want to give a shout out to our neighbor Stephanie though. She brought over some red velvet cake last night, uh, and it was mm. amazing. A uh, little funny story. We we sat it on the stove yesterday when we were out playing baseball or whatever. And I told my boys, was like, we'll eat it after we get done with baseball. So we get home, and th- so this cake was on the stove. And we have a dog who's notorious for eating everything that's on the counter. She didn't eat this, but she's notorious for eating everything that's on the counter. The boys go in to get out of their baseball uniforms. They're, they're excited about the cake. I take the cake and hide it in the microwave. They come back out to get the cake that was on the stove, and it's not there. And so I'm, I'm sitting there blaming it on Millie. I, t- I even took some of the frosting and put it on her lips, and I was blaming Millie for eating the eating the cake and all this. And I swear to God, both of them went to the room crying and were under their sheets crying <laughs> because they thought the dog <laughs> ate all the red velvet cake. So I let a couple minutes pass by, and then I get the cake out of the, uh, the uh, microwave, and I walk into their room eating the cake. And I'm like, hey, guys. What's going on? What's wrong? And they are both like, oh, my God, you jerk. They freaked out. But <laughs> I thought it was a dad win yesterday when I could make my kids cry over cake. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's a that's a win for the dads. That is that is a jerk move. That's a jerk <laughs> move, man. Uh, and we would also be remiss today if we did not mention today is D-Day. Back, yes, uh, sir. Yeah, back um, 19, what was that, 44, I think it was? June uh, 6, 1944. Yep. Yeah. Back in uh, back in 1944, a lot of a lot of brave young men went over to France and lost their lives to protect the freedom that we have. We just had Memorial Day, um, and today, kind of the same thing as Memorial Day, D Day, huge day. Um, I, it, 
I, I can't imagine the balls on some of these guys that got out of these boats. I mean, just hellfire raining down on them and just kept going, kept going straight on those beaches in Normandy, man. That that's uh, it, it truly is amazing. They have said, and I don't know if you've seen this, but the opening scene of Saving Private Ryan, where oh, they amazing. open with D-Day, yep. is probably the biggest, most accurate depiction of yep. Yep. what happened. And it's it's unreal. And I remember reading a story uh, about that exact same thing, Billy. They had World War II veterans who were still alive when, D- when uh, Saving Private Ryan was made. Um they came in and watched it, previewed it, and, and they said the exact same thing you said. It was the most accurate depiction, and a, and a lot of them had to leave the theater just because of how real it was and that it brought back a lot of PTSD. So thanks for all those young men that went over there in 1944 and gave their lives so Billy and I could have the freedom to do this stupid podcast for y'all every single morning because without them, we probably wouldn't be here. We'd probably be uh, speaking German or Ruski or, or something other than English. Amen uh, to that. Yep. Let's get to the Braves, dude. Big weekend for the Braves. Great weekend for the Braves. Uh, Billy, we went into this series where we haven't strung three wins in a row. Well, it's Monday morning. Uh, we haven't strung three wins in a row all year, I should say. Right. Uh, and we're sitting here Monday morning. Dude, we're on a five-game win streak. And here's here's what I found out last night, too. And I didn't realize this, but after the second game in Arizona where it was just not good. Uh, the Braves were not playing very, very well. Braves had a closed-door meeting uh, oh, between the players. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Good. So the Braves, have, Braves had a closed-door meeting between the players, and they're basically like, you know, this is BS. We need to stop this. Five games later, uh, Braves <laughs> haven't lost. That closed-door meeting seemed to have worked. I wonder who was the orchestrator of that, because that's kind of something we've been talking about is who's the leader? Who's the vocal leader? Who's the lead by example type guy on this on this roster i would like to know a who called it and b who led it or maybe it was the the whole congregation of braves that kind of pitched in and led this i, I didn't know that yet honestly that's great news yeah yeah you and i were talking about that last week about the leadership aspect of it so that made me feel good last night when i read about it and i'm like okay so finally somebody had the balls to step up and that's and- great figure this out but yeah five games later uh we have sitting pretty we haven't lost it's 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 good we're we're sitting a game over 500 for the first time this year since uh the braves were two and one (laughs) yeah game three (laughs) um (laughs) that was a while ago (laughs) Um, but the braves the braves have been pitching well they pitched pretty decently like if you if you look at the scores from this weekend, uh, game one was thirteen to six. Game two was three to one, which was a extra innings game. Game <laughs> three, three one was... extra innings in Coors Field. <laughs> Dude, that doesn't make it sense. was zero zero going yeah. into extras. That's game three was, was the nuts. exact same way for a long time as well. It was a low scoring game. Yes, I was like, what the hell's happened to Coors nuts. Field? <laughs> um, game three was an extra innings game that the Braves eventually won six to two and then eight to seven on on Sunday um, a nail batter on Sunday yeah the Sunday game we almost was gave lot. that one away <laughs> that was a lot but you know yeah. it was I think the Braves played really really well and considering where they were I'm I'm thrilled with how the Braves played this weekend and it's what you do with the worst team in the in a, or, or in their division. You know, they're twenty. The, the Rockies are twenty three and thirty one. They're the worst team in that division. And this is what you do with bad teams. 
you can't take victories away from this team because you have to go up and play these bad teams. Like Billy said, game one, 13-6. Darno had six RBIs, Swanson with two, Acuna, Riley, Heredia, and Michael Harris all added RBIs. I love Michael Harris. My, my man crushing that kid grows every single game. Ian Anderson threw uh, six innings, five earned runs, nine Ks. That's, that's fantastic out in Coors. And then game two, uh, a pitcher's duel broke out for some reason in, in Coors yeah, Field. Olsen had uh, the Braves loan two RBIs. Freed went eight innings, zero earned one earned runs, and four Ks. Man, you can't ask for much At more. Of Colorado, yeah, At that's that's Coors. absurd. Man. Eight innings, no runs. Are you kidding me? That's nuts. That, that doesn't happen up there ever. No, I mean, that, that's it does. Not something that happens. Um, game game three, six two Braves. Duvall with two RBIs. Acuna, Riley, Ozuna, and Contreras all with RBIs. Spencer Strider got into a debacle just about every single inning, but he got out of it too. So props to that young kid, man. He went four innings, only giving up one run, striking out five. Um, I believe he walked five or six in those four innings, so that that has to come down. Uh, And like I said, those four innings were all high-stress innings. Uh, It didn't seem like he could get a one, two, three inning to save his life, but he pitched out of every single debacle he got himself in. So... That's great to see from that young pitcher. Yeah, and I, I I like seeing what I'm seeing from Strider. Not just like uh, the the Arizona game that he pitched in. He had his his changeup was was really really solid. This game his his slider was ridiculously strong. So I, I like seeing that sec- those secondary pitches from him because we know the gas is there for for the fastballs, um, but seeing those secondary pitches and seeing those secondary pitches work is is huge for his development and that's something he's going to have to develop if he wants to be a legit starting pitcher he's going to have to develop a a strong third pitch and maybe a maybe a a fourth pitch that's more you know throw it a couple times through the lineup you don't throw it a lot but that was one of the bigger knocks on strider is they didn't know if he had a third pitch that he could throw consistently and i think fourth pitch a fourth he's pitch, had, I'm sorry. Yeah, he's got a, start, a slider, change up, and a fastball. And I think was it the was it the slider that he only throws six percent of the time, or was it the change up? No, I can't remember. I was watching this game and it was late when they had the stat up. Um, but his his third pitch, they said he only threw like six percent of the time, and they wanted to see that bumped up closer to ten percent of the time. So uh, this kid has all the talent that you need to be a starting pitcher. He's just got to figure it out. And, I loved him working out of the the jams he got himself into. I loved that. I loved that uh, Snicker gave him a chance to do that. It's fantastic. And then last night, 8-7 victory. Braves win. Olsen with three RBIs. Albies with two RBIs. Acuna and O'Reilly with an RBI. Morton with five innings, four runs, eight Ks. Uh, And Olsen saved the game for us. Uh, Did you see the final out in the ninth inning last night? Olsen diving the first. (laughs) I did. But here's the thing, man. Will Smith in the eighth giving up two runs. Kenley Jansen giving up another run in the ninth. It's it was just way too close. Like I don't know what the hell's going on with our bullpen right now, but it has not been solid. And we like, went Kenley, from one of the best bullpens in the MLB what about two weeks ago to our bullpen the past probably week and a half, two weeks is it hasn't been as solid as it has been to start no. the season off with, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I mentioned this to a buddy of mine. Kenley Jansen has blown three of his last, I think, seven or eight appearances and that just is not good no no that's definitely not good he's given up a run 
in his past three appearances. His past three appearances, he's came in, he's given up at least one run. Uh, so that's that's not what you want to see out of your closer, honestly. Especially no, a, probably a future Hall of Fame closer that you're relying on. Um, but hey, all, all that aside, five game winning streak. I be- do we have an off day today? The Braves. Yes, we do. Braves yeah, we have an off game. First game in a while, and then we get the uh, Oakland Athletics at home tomorrow. That's, well, that's night. that's good for them. They'll be able to see what a full crowd looks like. Good for the A's. Good job, A's. Good job, A's. You'll be able to see what a full crowd looks like in the stands. Uh, and so tomorrow, since we won't have a Braves uh, score to run down tomorrow, we will go through our over-under predictions that we did earlier this year, Billy. I'll compile those up, see where we stand, and see where it looks like we're going to land on the over-under predictions we did a couple months ago on the podcast. Okay. Um, one of the cool things I thought that came out last night, Billy, I don't know if you saw this, Acuna will apparently change his home run celebration. Uh, he has a couple things that he does, but I know he does the LBJ get off me kind of doodad before he steps on home plate he is going to add in trey young's ice cold celebration for his home run celebration i am all for this dude yeah it it just shows that you know the camaraderie between the sports in atlanta which is awesome so it you know you kind of figure maybe kyle pitts dude i was thinking the the exact same thing we'll do something similar for a touchdown celebration you know what i mean so i'd love it i'd love it that's uh and that that's kind of goes back to you saw you saw trey young and you saw joseph martinez at the braves games last year when they were at the in the world series and making these playoffs run i love the camaraderie between these athletes in different sports that are in the same city and i mean acuna and trey young that is a I don't want to say couple, but that is a power tandem right there of young talent uh, in both of their sports. So that's that's fantastic to see. I love that. Yeah, and I got a text message in our in a group chat between uh, myself and and Matt Skinner and Coach Nick White this weekend. Basically, it was a tweet from Georgia Sports Now, and it was, it was saying, "Who would you rather have for the rest of their career in Atlanta?" And there was a picture of Acuna, there was a picture of Trey, and a picture of Kyle Pitts. That's easy for me. Oh, that's... it's 100% for me. It's 1,000% for me. Acuna. That's, it's Acuna. Yeah, totally. I love – I you will find no bigger Trey Young fan than me in Atlanta. Acuna is going to be a generational talent. Trey Young is going to be a fantastic player. He's going to be – he could go down as being the greatest Hawk of all time. Acuna – has the ability to go down as one of the top 10 baseball players of all time so yep. yeah it, I'm, I'm i'm on the acuna train for that one <laughs> yeah no doubt uh billy we got the nfl otas mandatory otas are coming up so i figured it'd be a good time to preview the nfl which is in my heart my love my favorite sport i love football i love the nfl i love everything around it um i cannot wait man i'm on the countdown i believe we are close to getting in the 80s uh until nfl starts so let's go ahead and start off we're going to do uh what are we doing the nfc west this week so we're going to start off today uh with the arizona cardinals preview uh one of the big things surrounding the cardinals this offseason they've they've kind of been the center of a lot of controversy and everything kyler murray is still under contract but he wants a new contract he's seeing all these quarterbacks like deshaun watson or whatever lamar uh, uh, lamar odom <laughs> lamar jackson in baltimore yeah both of them uh, Lamar Jackson in Baltimore wants a new contract. Kyler Murray now wants a new contract. They've seen the Deshaun Watson deal. Um, so Cliff Kingsbury was on Pat McAfee, and he said he believes that they will get a new contract done. They have to. Kyler Murray is the centerpiece of this offense. 
For wide receivers, D-Hop is suspended because of uh, PEDs. Do, do you remember how long his suspension was? Was it like eight games, six games, somewhere around there? I don't recall. I don't, I don't no. remember, but it was they, they traded for Hollywood Browns. So they got another weapon for Kyler Murray. D-Hop will eventually be back this season. They also have A.J. Green and Rondell Moore, a name that Billy and I are very fond of because he, he was a beast at uh, Purdue. So that's a good wide receiver core for Arizona. They also have tight ends Ertz and McBride that should provide some other big weapons for Kyler this year. Um, and after a strong start of the 2021 season last year, they finished 11-6, and very good. Uh, but the Cardinals were bounced in the first round of the playoffs to division rivals and eventual Super Bowl champion Los Angeles Rams in the playoffs. I looked through the Cardinals' Uh, schedule and kind of try to project out where I thought their biggest weaknesses were, where I thought their strengths were, matching up with other teams. They had the 24th hardest schedule in the NFL, so it's a very easy, easy schedule. Yeah, uh, in the NFL, and I, I think they're going to go about nine and eight. I, I like the offense, I like the talent, but I am just not sold on Kyler Murray as an elite quarterback. I think he's a very good quarterback. I think he is a very serviceable quarterback. I think he is a legit starter in the NFL. But I am not a massive fan of Kyler Murray as a type of quarterback that can get you over the hump, in my opinion. Well, here's the good thing, and you and I have seen this too. On defense, you're going to have a very healthy J.J. What? What? Uh, they're going to have a very healthy J.J. Watt, which is very, very key. Um, having that key contributor on defense is going to be veteran. massive. Yep. Yes, on uh, on the defensive side. Um, so you could talk about offense all day long, but once that defense is, is going to be key to, to making that season – where you say you're going nine and eight, I, I can see them going a little bit more than nine and eight. I I can see them going ten and seven or eleven and, and six. I really can. Um, Does it throw with, you off now that we don't have a sixteen game schedule when doing when doing? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah it, it did kill. I'm like nine and eight. No, 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 no. It's eight and eight. What? Why is there a nine yeah. there? It it kills my OCD. Yeah. So it's um, that's something to consider is that defense and and what JJ can do because. Everybody who has seen J.J. Watt play knows he's a freaking game changer, like an absolute game changer. And I love the fact that J.J. is healthy and and looking good. Like we saw him host the match, and he looks in phenomenal shape. So, and if he can stay healthy, he's one of the best defenders in the NFL. He that that's, but that's just been his scary for people. Yeah. yeah. Staying inside the division, let's go ahead and look at the reigning Super Bowl champions, Los Angeles Rams. Uh, in my opinion, they're looking like the favorite to repeat as division winners. I don't think they're going to repeat as Super Bowl champions, but this roster still looks insanely talented. Stafford will have a stable of weapons to go with to, to choose who he wants to throw to or hand it off to, uh, including the NFL's best wide receiver in Cooper Cup. He'll also have Cam, uh, Cam Akers, Tyler Higbee, Allen Robinson, and Van Jefferson. I mean, that is that is a receiving core and a – I'm trying to think of any team in the NFL as better weapons for their quarterback than the Rams. I don't think there is one. That is, that is just absurdly talented. The one place where the Rams have the biggest weakness is the cornerback position outside of Jalen Ramsey. 
Jalen Ramsey is coming off his second unanimous all-pro team uh, selection. So Ramsey's going to shut down, you know, one side of the field or one wide receiver. Uh, they just don't have a lot of depth on their second, third, and fourth string cornerback. I mean, they're, I saw a stat the other day where, like, their three cornerbacks behind Jalen Ramsey were all outside of the top 60 ranked quarterbacks in the NFL by PFF. So Good that's going to be – yeah, that's going to be something that's a little tenuous, and, and they also don't have Von Miller back. Uh, that was a big trade that they made kind of towards the uh, middle half of the season last year that paid off, obviously. They won the Super Bowl. Um, but getting to the quarterback, rushing him, that can cover up for cornerback deficiencies, uh, but the cornerback position is going to have to be a little bit better from the Rams if they want to repeat as Super Bowl champions. Right now, they are third in the preseason power rankings. I think that is an appropriate position for them to be. Uh, they do have the second easiest schedule in the NFL, which is great for them. I don't know how. I don't know why they give the Super Bowl champions an easy schedule. I know these schedules are made, you know, a year or two in advance. I just, you know, if you're the Super Bowl champion, you should have the hardest schedule, in my opinion. Absolutely. Uh, I think they're going to go around twelve and five. I think that is going to be kind of where they sit. That is a very uh, uh, you, I could see them going. I could see them with 14 wins, but I think 12 and five is a very cautious, uh, kind of pessimistic look at their schedule this year. Okay. Yeah, I, I think defensively, we talked about it before. Like having a good pass rush can definitely help your secondary tremendously. As far as if you can get to the quarterback, it's the quarterback's not going to be as accurate as they can be, which means that the secondary doesn't have to be as crisp or as, as We've said that with the Falcons. As they, yeah, yeah, as they need to be. So, um, you know, Jalen is definitely a, a complete and total game changer for for the defensive side of the ball. Um, he he's made plays that are just unreal. And but outside of that, you're right. There's not very many pieces. Um, in the secondary for the for the Rams, but I like the Rams to at least get the division and get into the playoffs. I'm. It's too early. I mean, we're talking June six here. It's too early to predict uh, anything beyond that. So. Yeah, I agree. I think we'll they're see. division winners, and and beyond that, it's kind of up in the air at the moment. I already have my Super Bowl favorite pick, but we'll get to that once we get to that team. All right, buddy, it's time for the Marine South scoreboard. And, man, was it a good, good weekend for sports. Holy it was a crap. fantastic weekend, yeah. I mean, there was so much going on. There, there, there's stuff going on we don't even have time to get to on today's podcast. So uh, we didn't mention this on Friday because we didn't have the podcast on Friday, but Boston came out and, and beat Golden State um, in game one. Which was a little bit of a surprise. Um, I, I was a little surprised. You know they, you know the ESPN's like pick indicator gave Boston an eighty-six percent chance of winning the series before it even started. No, that seems that's interesting. Stupid. I don't know. That seems ridiculously high, but that's just me. But game one went to the to the Celtics. Game two last night, uh, Golden State won one hundred seven to eighty-eight. So the series is now tied one to one. We had. The Tampa Bay uh, Lightning lost to the Rangers on Friday, um, and then Tampa Bay beat the Rangers three to two yesterday to make the series two to one New York, and they're heading into Game Four tomorrow. Um, 
the <laughs> avalanche Ooh. beats uh, and continue to look at like Get those the most out. dominant, dominant team right now in in the NHL playoffs. It's unreal how good Colorado looks. They are so fast. They beat they beat the Oilers on Saturday night and look to um, and we'll talk about this here in a second. Um, they look to close out the Oilers on on uh, it's in. Uh, Edmonton tonight, right? Yes. Yep. It is in Edmonton yeah. tonight at 8 p.m. That's really the only thing we have on the docket tonight. Uh, no Braves, no NBA, um, no golf, so no there's tennis. There's no reason that people shouldn't watch this. It should be on TNT. You've got no other sports going on. The the tennis is done. Golf is done. You don't have anything going on this yep. No right racing now besides. Braves aren't doing anything right now. Yeah, tune in. Tune in to see the Avs sweep the Oilers and lock out Canada once again for a chance to win uh, Lordo. So, yeah, Good. go back home. Go back home, Canada. USA Good. is going to win this. Yep. <laughs> Billy, you need another cup of coffee this morning, man? Dude, I, I so need another cup of coffee. <laughs> uh, USA and Uruguay tied nil-nil in a friendly the other night. Uh, I didn't watch it, and from all accounts that I can read about it, uh, it was a non-match. It was both teams were coming off of uh, games where they played their their A starters, their A lineups, and this was a like a C D lineup from both teams. So nil nil tie. Nobody got hurt, and it was a friendly. The big game over the weekend for soccer: Wales beats Ukraine. Nobody in the entire world was pulling for Wales because of what Ukraine is going through. That's obviously, right now as a country, that's false. Well, that's one hundred percent false. No, but nobody outside of Welsh blood was pulling for Wales. It was the <laughs> I was entire. About to say, the, the I know entire, somebody yeah, that was here for Wales. <laughs> the entire world was pulling from the Ukraine, and my son's baseball team had the audacity to schedule a baseball game at the same time this game. So I had to watch this game on my phone in the freaking heat yesterday. But whatever, we came away with the win, one nil. Wales is going to the World Cup for the first time in sixty-four years, Billy. They are in the same group as the USA and England, and they open up their World Cup play with USA on November 21st at 2 p.m. <laughs> on my birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday, Wales versus USA at 2 p.m. I told my buddy, of course Wales makes the World Cup for the first time in 64 years, and they're, they're in the exact same group as the USA. I said, of course that happens that way. It's... Ah, oh, jeez, it's frustrating. What are you gonna do, man? I don't know. I seriously don't know. I, I might go to the bar with a with a Welsh jersey on and an American flag. I don't know. Hope for a draw and then hope we beat both beat Iran and England. Yeah, it's uh, I don't know. I I just hope it's a good game. I hope I hope neither team runs away with it. I hope it's competitive. It's gonna be tough. I hope we I hope we both kick England out of the knockouts. That'd be great. That'd be absolutely that'd be fantastic. Great, it? Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Wales and USA move on. Billy Horschel won the Memorial by four strokes. You want to talk about complete and total dominance? Unreal. He had a 53-footer on 15 on Sunday for Eagle that he just sank. Yeah, he was on fire this weekend. It it was unreal. Um, He looked really, really strong. We were flipping back and forth between um, the Memorial and uh, the Rangers game yesterday. So... Braves game was going on too, but I was listening to that on on the radio side because you know Ben and Joe are better. That might be um, my that might be the prettiest course on the tour. 
the memorial oh, yeah. up there at Jack's place. That place is gorgeous. It's just it's breathtaking. Beautiful. I, I would I would venture to say it is prettier than Augusta. For, I would argue for my, that. There's yeah, no, I think I think no most I think most golf fans <laughs> would. Um, it's the memorial. That place is just Mirfield is just gorgeous. It's breathtaking, but it's only breathtaking about three months out of the year. Augusta is pretty year round. It's closed a lot of the time, but it's, Augusta is pretty year round. Uh, the memorial, you know, Mirfield's under a foot and a half of snow for about six months out of the year. So, but it it is gorgeous in spring and summer up there in Columbus or uh, up there in Ohio. It is gorgeous. Hey, uh, Bryce, did you know that water's wet? I did know water's wet. What other news do you have other than that? Uh, Rafa Nadal won the French oh, Open. Oh, of course, yeah, of course he did. Yeah, death, taxes, <laughs> water's wet, Rafa Nadal winning the French Open. I My mean. good. And, <laughs> dude, he's 34. This might have been the most dominant French Open I think I've ever seen Rafa win. He won in straight sets yesterday versus Rude, and he bageled him in the final set. Now, also, Novak Djokovic and Roger Federer have been bageled by Rafa Nadal in the French Open, so he's not the first person to have it happen to him. But right now, for the first time in his career, Rafa's won the first two slams of the year. He won the Australian Open this year, earlier in February, and now he has won the French Open, and he is he's the leading. He's, he's uh, opened the gap by two slams. He has the most slams ever in the history of tennis. Uh, and he's playing his best tennis right now at 34, which blows my mind because of the way he plays. So I'll be interested to see if he can keep this up at Wimbledon and the U.S. Open. That's crazy, man. It's, it's just nuts. He's so, so good. And he's a freak. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what he does the rest of the year because I, it's a possibility. He's playing really, really good tennis, like really good tennis. Needs to bring it at Wimbledon. That would be amazing if he could win Wimbledon. <laughs> That's he's in never July. really done great, great. Wimbledon, no, right? no, Wimbledon. He's he's done fine, but hard court and clay. Clay obviously is the key in clay, uh, and he's a good hard court player. But he's not he's not as good of a grass court player. You know, we we say that while we're sitting here, we probably pass out in the first two serves from Rafa Nadal. Dude, uh, there's no way. <laughs> <laughs> I would, dude. I would be so scared playing against him. Uh, Billy, you know that old saying where there's smoke, there's fire? Yeah. I think Arch Manning's going to UGA. We got over the weekend some pictures of his recruiting, and he's sitting there, or stay, excuse me, standing there in a UGA uniform, UGA helmet, and I have some insider information that say it's about 75-25 Arch is going to UGA. As opposed to Texas? Or Bama. I don't think he's going to Bama. I don't either. I think... You know, I was listening to Chuck and Chernoff, and, and Chuck Oliver brought up a really good point that, you know... He did? Yeah, believe That's surprising. Not. Wow. <laughs> um, if Arch was just paying attention to history, he wouldn't go to Georgia or Texas, because what? Uh, when is Kirby Smart thrown in a quarterback into the, uh, to the NFL? Well, yeah, but to be fair, how, how about small... Steve Sarkeesian? I, I know, but how about Steve Sarkeesian? Same thing. Like, yeah, he yeah. hasn't. He, I feel like Sark has had a longer round, track record than than you, Kirby. Yeah, but if you go first round, if you want to go first round, you have to go with Nick Saban at Alabama. You know, that's that was his point. 
He goes, but Arch doesn't seem like he cares about that. He seems like he. Yeah, but that's that's such like, a stupid logic. If that's the logic, why do why do why does Ohio State get quarterbacks? I don't know. What's the last good quarterback Ohio State put in the NFL? Other than you know, Justin Wayne Fields, and arguably he's a Georgia product. You know. Yeah. So I mean, I I see his I see where that logic coming from, but it's it's stupid and flawed, and that's typical Chuck Oliver. <laughs> I don't like Chuck Oliver, if you guys haven't figured that out by now. Love Matt Chernoff. Love Matt Chernoff. Can't stand Chuck Oliver. And Carlos Medina. Love Lowe's. Oh, love Lowe's, dude. Dude, that that <laughs> the the draft thing that Lowe's came up with, his mind works completely different than anybody else's that I know does. Like that's all that stuff that he came up with was absolutely fan freaking tastic. That was awesome. I loved that. I've been telling you for years you need to pay attention to Lowe's draft coverage. And you Hey, I do this year. This year you were like, "Holy crap!" <laughs> yeah, it was fantastic. It was it was my Bible. Like it, when we were doing draft uh, prep, I would take everybody else's stuff, read it, and then I would read Loesch's, and you know, kind of come to a to a nice medium. And nine times out of ten, Los was better and more thought through than you know all the uh, pundits, you know, the NFL.com, ESPN.com guys were. Uh, Los killed it. So yeah, I love Los, and I love Matt Chernoff's passion for the Braves. Uh, hold on, let me take a drink. <laughs> uh, billion today in 1966 the nfl and afl announced their merger and became the most dominant sports organization in the world yep yep it's it's hard to argue um you can and there's really no argument to it um you know, baseball had its moments a little bit in the 60s and 70s, like where they were kind of America's team or America's sport. sport but yeah. Maybe NBA in the 90s with Jordan a little bit. Maybe, yeah. yeah. There, I mean, there are moments, but it's consistently through the years, it's always been just NFL has been dominant and yeah, has it, been king. It is it is the king, and it doesn't look like it's going to be stopping anytime soon. It is it is keep keeping rolling, and uh, whether you hate him or like him, Gradell has done a fantastic job of steering the ship after Tagliabue retired. Yeah, and and for those of you that are college football fans, it doesn't come close. You, I'm sorry. If you only yeah, if you only knew your college football, like most of you that are listening here are, are college football fans in the South, which is honestly probably the closest debatable area to the NFL. <laughs> you want to talk about college football in the South compared to the NFL in the South? Yeah, that's probably close. However, <laughs> come However. On. There's no, oh, no across the nation, the NFL is king. Yeah. Absolute it, king. It pulls more eyes. I saw something the least viewed NFL game last year had more eyes on it than the most viewed NBA game from last year. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me <laughs> no. at all. And it's, you know, it's it's uh, it's football. It's it's football, and football is king here in America. Billy, you got anything else to add today, man? Yeah, just just to throw on that on top of that, we were talking about this uh, on the weekly podcast this week. Is the fact that um, you know Coach White was saying that he was probably going to watch at least a couple of couple games of the Golden State Boston series, and I told him I said, "Look." I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to watch a single minute of this series. Like, I have zero interest. I'll report on it. I'll watch some, you know, clips on it. You know, the 
the uh, highlight clips, but I am not watching a single minute of the series. Like I don't, I just don't care. You yeah, know what if, I mean? it, if it gets to six or seven, I might tune in. But I'm with you, man. I just, I don't really, and that's weird because I usually watch when Golden State's in the finals because I like to watch Steph. He's interesting to watch, whether you like him or don't as a person or a player or whatever. He's he's an interesting person to watch. But yeah, I just. The, the it factor, the entertainment value for me, for some reason, is just not there with this finals. And I don't understand why, because it's East Coast versus West Coast. It's it's Steph Curry versus Tatum. I mean, it's a good matchup, but yeah, I, I agree with you. I, the, the entertainment value, the excitement factor for me for this finals is, is not really there. And I, I don't know why. I can't put my finger on it. I'm not sure. Meanwhile, on the other side, I'm going to be watching the abs and the, and the Oilers tonight. I'm going to watch game four of the Lightning versus the Rangers on, on Tuesday night. Like, there's just, it's more entertaining right now. Just where everything is. I think the matchups, the matchups are key. Like, I think the Boston Celtics at versus Golden State was just kind of, I don't know. It was just kind the of a state, man matchup to me. The state of the sport for hockey is in a better place than the state of the sport in the NBA. That, whoa. Yeah. I think I think that's what it is. I think I think the state of hockey as a game is in a better position than the state of the of basketball is with the NBA. I th- the NBA is obviously bigger, more eyes, more money. But I, I think I think hockey as a sport is in a better position in the NHL than the sport of basketball is in the hands of the NBA at the moment, just because of the rules and everything. Dude, I've been saying this for years and years and years, and I I don't know. Like I think when you and I first met. You you never watched hockey? No, and I didn't. Before we met, I have I've seen maybe one hockey game in my entire life. And I I have told you for years I I'm a huge hockey fan. Like that's my favorite sport. I love to watch hockey. I love I love it. And the fact that like you're coming around on this is huge, especially since you're such an NBA guy too. Like you love the NBA. You yeah, love watching big the NBA. NBA guy. And the fact that you're coming around and seeing how how great hockey is, I'm, I'm sold. I'm uh, happy. The NBA right now for now me, I love... we just need I, to get love, our buddy Clay Harden. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love basketball. I'm a huge basketball fan. But the NBA is hard to watch right now because you get a whistle every 30 seconds. And the interruption in play, it's just very frustrating. And you're going to lose eyes because this generation is not a generation that's going to watch something for a long time and stay invested for a while. That's why baseball is trying to figure out a way to speed up or make it entertaining or something and i think that's what hockey lends itself to much more is, is the action is, is very free-flowing and even when there is a whistle they don't go to commercial because there's a whistle but two seconds after that the play starts with the game with a face-off so it's, it's very fast-paced it's very flowing it's very fluidic um i i think hockey lends itself more to the eyes that people are trying to grab now the younger generation's eyes just because of the frantic, fast-paced nature of the sport, uh, I think it's I think it's arena football and, and on ice mixed in with a little NBA. So I'm a huge NBA fan, but yeah, I'll be watching more of the NHL playoffs. I have been watching more of the NHL playoffs than the NBA playoffs this year. Yay! Yay! <laughs> That's all we got today for your Monday. I hope y'all have a fantastic start to the week. Uh, like we said earlier, today is D-Day. Remember all those people that lost their lives in 1944 uh, so we could provide you with these stupid podcasts every single morning that y'all listen to. And thank you so much for listening to them. Uh, we will see y'all tomorrow. Same time, same place. Shake your neighbors. Just shake them. 
Check the neighbors! 